This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Me Undies. Get your partner a Valentine's Day gift that's for both of you with Me Undies matching pairs. Get 20% off this great gift by visiting MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Three, two, one. Joey Svensson. If you like to party, if you like to worship the Lord, if you like to have fun, if you like to take a dump, this is a bad Christian podcast. Hey, do y'all like taking dumps? Like Yes, it's right an escape. Like, I've got the, four what's kids. The I've got the four per- kids, and that's the only time I can say, I cannot help you. Can't you see? I am sitting on the toilet. The door is shut. There's nothing I can do for you unless it's an emergency. I can't. Do you I, lock there's, it? There is no, yes, there is no other time <laughs> in the house where I can legitimately say with Relax. integrity, I can't do anything for you. If I lay down for a nap, Dad, but I really, really need help. I can be an asshole, but I'm never an asshole on the, on the toilet. <laughs> I no, have an asshole on the toilet, but I'm... You I'm, use your asshole. Yeah, y'all are really killing me on this one. This episode is just, is just oh, really, killing Matt? me. Joey, let's talk because about your butt. We'll have the, this episode is probably going to be a, a big one. It's going to have the panel of the women of Mars Hill on it, and I just can only imagine... Jen Smith and these other ladies saying, damn it, this is my episode. This is something I'm really proud of. This is one of the, you know, and they're going to tell all their friends that this is... And then this is this is what they're gonna get. So that's all I'm well, saying. Well, sorry. I actually, I now that Matt said that, I totally forgot that we were doing that, and I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I actually feel pretty bad. I yeah. wouldn't want that either. I wouldn't do, want the do the, we want time where I could. T- you can't tell your friends to listen to this podcast. Do we want to start all over and use? Let's this- redeem this episode. Okay. Joey, well, let me you redeem. Are a pastor, it. let me redeem. What it. should Joey? How can we help orphans? <laughs> <laughs> Let me, I, Joey. I, I do have a question though to ask you. How common you do, do you, yeah? How common do you think this is? There's a guy in our house church that is right in the middle of this. I talked to probably four people at the BC conference, maybe mm. more, and I constantly get emails from people. And basically, this is their scenario. Hey, man, I know you work at a church. I how you talk about it, you seem to like it, and you're able to fit in. And I'll go ahead and preface by saying, yes, I feel very lucky to work at the church that I work at. These other people, no, who, you feel blessed. Yeah, blessed. Feel, These, the luck doesn't matter. <laughs> Lucky's superstition. Is like yeah, that's silly. You feel blessed. Yeah, blessed and highly favored to work at this church. Sorry. But and white. When you think of these people and what they say, here's here's what they say. This is my full time job. I mm. just had a kid, or I have three kids, uh, yeah. or my you know my wife doesn't make a whole lot of money, or we need Amen. my money to supplement it, or, or whatever. But Preach. I just don't know where I'm at in my faith, and if I speak up to my pastor and and I'm open and I feel authentic to my pastor, I could lose my job. Am I walking in integrity if I don't do that? And honestly. Here's how I answered this question to someone at the BC conference. I feel like we are all different enough to where you don't have to go around in church telling people, hey, here's how my beliefs 
differ from yours. Like that's just not necessary. And you also have to be somewhat smart when it comes to your income. So it is okay to say, no, I actually have to take care of my family. Where I think the line needs to be drawn, however, though, is when you are a part of a church that represents something that you want no part of. That is when you're just being a fake, and it is going to suck to make that sacrifice. You're like Westboro. Okay, if you want to go there, that's fine. Okay. Okay, yeah, or, or burning crosses in front of the lawn. To be Ugh. to oppose other races. What churches? What churches? Go ahead and uh, tell the people listening what churches burn crosses. Uh, Saddle Coast Redeemer. That's one of them. Yep, that's one. Uh, I know that one. The other one is New Life Abundant Hope in Christ the Nazarene. <laughs> yep, that's number two. What's another one? Do you have these in front of you? Because I, I know yep, this list. I do. I brought. I brought them up. Church. I, I, I looked up church. Crossburning.com. Okay, the other one is Kairos Love Community Church, and then there's one. Yep, that's one. I nailed it. And there's, Can you keep going? There's one more, First Assembly Church of God of Latter-day Saints. Nope, I don't know that. Nope, that's not that one. one up, that is not tell. one. You made that one up. You made that one up. Okay. You're a liar. <laughs> you are a liar. <laughs> now, what do y'all think, though? My question is, how, how common do you think that is, and do you guys think that that was sound advice? Or once you get to a place where you feel uncomfortable in asking questions or speaking up, uh, for example, hey, why can't she lead that ministry? Just because she's a, a woman, you're saying that she's disqualified. Or, hey, I, I just really think that we should be rethinking the LGBT community. Or, man, this is this is ridiculous. How much mo- how much money we're investing in such and such, which means nothing. Like these are hot button issues. Uh, other than the last one, I would say that could yep. possibly get someone fired. Do you think if someone has differing views than their church leadership that they have a responsibility to speak up? I personally don't. It, yeah. Until it becomes something where you're like, I can't stand what this church stands for. And I'm not even close with their, that in Seacoast. There's things that I disagree with Seacoast, but <laughs> quite frankly, I'm proud to work here. So I feel like uh, I don't have to are. go around finding people saying, hey, you do know that I believe in such and such, mm-hmm. or you do know that I don't believe in such and such. It's just, it's not that big of a deal. Well, there's a couple of ways to answer it, but I mean, like the simplest one is you got to stop working. If you, if you, if, the, if Joey's describing you, you got to stop working at that church as soon as possible. That's the obvious answer. Please stop working there. Why? Because you don't want to be there and you know it. If that describes you and you're hearing these words and that's true for you, please stop working there. I don't there. think that's true, Matt. There's some people that okay, they... Then, then I'm not talking to you. But if you hear me say that and you don't want to be working there, but you're too scared to leave, oh, okay. stop being scared. Okay. Yeah, that makes if, sense. If, if these, if that, that's I mean, not what I described, though, don't so you're be a bad a, listener. Don't be a weak person of low integrity, first of all. Yep. Don't do that. Secondarily, yeah, I mean, you you don't have to agree with everything, I guess, but I mean, if you know who you are, if you shouldn't be there, don't. And there's a lot of people in that position. You should not be there. And if you, it's because, well, I have to put food on the table and I have to do it. If that's the only way that you could put food on your table is some church job, you got a lot of work to do because it's not going to last forever. And wherever you're at now, you're not going to be there in two years from now. So this job, it's not going to fix itself. Whatever problems you're having are going to increase. You know they are. They're not going to get better in six months. I, 
So you better stop thinking about your next career. For for once, I don't agree with a lot of what you're saying. You think that churches are not going to get better? No, I'm talking about that person who's at the point where they're having to ask for advice. Like, I think I might should not work here anymore. What do you think? That's not the question. You're not listening. Damn it. That person is going to only have more discord. Matt, you're not listening. The question is, should someone speak up when it could possibly endanger their job? These people aren't saying, Mm. I don't know if I should work here. They're saying, I don't know if it's worth the risk. Speak up unless you're scared of losing your job. Yeah, I I, I guess I'm not sure if I agree with you. I mean, what's the problem? I mean, why wouldn't you speak up? Because Because if, if, if if it's not causing an issue... When you're not speaking, then why speak up and cause an issue? If it doesn't, and that's that's why I'm saying the line needs to be drawn when you feel I hate what this church represents and I can't stand that I'm a part of it. And well, then keep yes. your mouth shut until you hate. I'm just saying, once you get to that point, then you do need to go. But if you can say, no, Man, listen, I, this is, I'm not this is sure obvious. if everybody the bias is. No, they're being too nice about this. The bias is, of course, keep your mouth shut. Of course, don't speak up. Of course, don't lose money. That's everybody's gone way too far of that. Like nobody's like, I need. I'm trying to speak up. No, that's not what anybody does. Everybody's like, ah. Everybody knows they're too slow to act. All You're right. always too slow to quit you had, your job. You're always you had too me slow at to hello fire somebody. As as me You're always too slow to break up with your right spouse. Now. I love yeah. my job. I get to see Joey look off in the distance while he's listening to Matt. It, and it, if you have a tiny disagreement about Matt saying is bullshit. <laughs> if you disagree about what age people should be dedicated to the church, okay, fine, no big deal. But also, no big deal to speak up about it because it ain't a big deal. Matt thinks no one should work at a church. Is <laughs> That's what his true. I'm not is. saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you know who you, you are. are if you that. hear the words you, coming out of my mouth. Do you believe that? Do you think anyone should work at a church, Matt? Yeah, I think a lot of people should, but like not who? if they think they shouldn't. They shouldn't because of they because of a paycheck. You think, you think there should not be because youth they, pastors? I don't like that job. No. Okay, so you don't like <laughs> youth pastors. <laughs> what about leaders. worship leaders? <laughs> I don't really like that job. No. Okay, so you don't like worship leaders? But I'm not telling about the people that like it to quit. Uh, I'm not telling people that pastor. like it to quit. That's neither here nor there. I'm saying okay. everybody is too slow to break up with their girlfriend, quit their job, fire their attorney. Uh, whatever it is, you're always too slow to do these things, especially when there's money on the line. So if you're True. if you're really debating this heavily, unless you happen to be a extremely neurotic OCD person, which I know some of those exist, I then am. You probably got some real problems, and all I'm telling you is these problems will most likely increase for you. Do you not think that's true, Toby? You don't think somebody who's struggling with that now? What do you think they're gonna be in two years? I'm not saying quit today. I'm not saying being an asshole. I'm saying. You better pay attention to what your intuitions are telling Matt, you and here's prepare what for the future. Here's what you're overlooking. Uh, Joey, Joey, he asked yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Do, do I get a chance to speak? Yeah, as long as I get a chance to speak before we go to our panel. All right, guys, so you know Valentine's Day is coming up, right? Well, I'm going to go ahead and get out ahead of this in front of you and tell you a cool gift that you need to pay attention to. Uh, how about this? You want to look good with your significant other on Valentine's Day, right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to check out MeUndies matching pairs. This will be fun. You'll get a gift for you and for your Valentine, and it'll be fun. you have some matching underwear, and these are 100% my favorite underwear of all time. I am wearing some as we speak. They're plain black. They're not Valentine's Day hearts or anything like that, but I am going to get some of those too. MeUndies are the most comfortable and fun undies you and your significant other will ever own. They're made from the softest materials on earth. I'm talking three times softer than cotton. 
And that's experientially true. It feels softer than cotton. Can you imagine a better place to wear something soft? It's great. So this Valentine's Day, get you and your partner a gift that's for the both of you. It's a 100% satisfaction guarantee. MeUndies guarantees you and your significant other will love your matching pairs or you get your money back. And I'm telling you, you're going to like them too. So right now, MeUndies has an exclusive Valentine's Day offers just for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, when you purchase MeUndies matching pairs, you get 20% off and free shipping. MeUndies is so sure that you'll love their underwear, that they offer 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you don't get your first pair and love them, then you'll get a full refund. So it's a no-brainer. Get 20% off matching undies for you and your significant other and 100% satisfaction guarantee. What are you waiting for? Order now. So to get your 20% off your matching pairs, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. That's MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. This will be the best Valentine's Day gift that you will give. So start matching your bottom half to your better half. Go to MeUndies.com slash BadChristian right now. Um, I probably totally agree with Matt. <laughs> and I would probably align myself with most people... Sh- 95 to 99% of people shouldn't work at a church. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's good. I might would even say that about my friend Joey Svensson because there's rules that you have to follow. It's a that crazy I job. Uh, I mean, you have to really be healthy. cut out for it to do it. So, you now, really now, have to. Now, I want to clarify that by saying that Joey Svensson is the only pastor that I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've said that a million times, but... I know Joey, and I think he's a real pastor. I know there's others out there, but maybe I don't know you. So uh, introduce yourself to me. But I I think that church causes stress and mm-hmm. anxiety and a, uh, a a distance from God that I don't know. And when I say church, I'm just talking about the Sunday the system jobs in America. The, as a professional. That's what I am talking stress about. And I, I, I do think, for the most part, a lot of it is unhealthy. And I feel like I'm still recovering from it. Now, Joey has an ability to handle that and be, and because he is pastoral, he can really do a lot of things. But yeah, I, I think that most people that I encounter don't fully love their job. It's just church. too complicated I mean, to put true. all those things together and put all that pressure and tie people's salvation and your duty with your underpaid paycheck sure. and whatever that is. I mean, if you there's no on the fence with that. Duty. If you think you're on the fence, then you got to get off, man. You got to get off. Yeah. I mean, you're not I mean, you do you, you guys realize life. you guys realize that collaboratively we have had probably experience in which we can speak on with probably 20 churches. So, I, I just I, I'm a little hesitant to say all this stuff that you guys are saying. When we haven't been to, there's no point zero five percent of the churches in America. Yeah, no, I'm not making. I haven't made any strong claims of even opinion. I'm just saying it's very. I'm not even making saying anything crazy. I mean, I'm not talking. I don't know. We're not talking about specific individuals. I'm not talking about you. There's no need to be defensive. If you love your job and disagree with eight things that your church does, fine, no problem. If it bothers you, it's going to bother you more in the future. Right. Well, he, pay he, attention. Here's here's watch out. Here's where I will disagree. That's from simple and not bold to say, but that. here from personal experience, I have gone through really hard times 
in which I was working through a lot of spiritual stuff. Some of it was personal mm. sin on my part, being very judgmental. But then some of it, I feel like, was a growth process for me. But there were seasons, and if I would have acted too quickly, I could have put my job in jeopardy, and I think it would have not been for good. It was because I couldn't get control of my own emotions and my own opinions, and I learned, like, it is a... Well, ba- then you shouldn't be no, in a no, position no, no, no. of it's, leadership, spiritual no, authority. It's in a, you can't get control of that shit. No, it's in a very valid... It's a very valuable lesson to learn how to work in a system where you don't all agree and you're not exactly on the same page. Yeah, I that's, think that's fine. That, I think that's and if that's okay, if that's the case, as you started this, then you can speak up about all that. And if you're in an environment where you can't, it's not good. Sure. That's all I'm saying. If you can't speak up about it, that's where that's where that's what you started this with. Well, I, I don't even know if it's good to speak up about the differences. I'm not sure if I should be here. That's massive red flags. If you don't see that, you're you're blinding yourself. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying who and on what issue and on what church. I'm just, I don't know. But these jobs are not good. I've only heard, I mean, the statistical amount that I know is massively, it favors what I'm saying right now. Yeah. By a long shot. I mean, you can try to find the amount of people that were teetering on the brink and now they're fully bought in, but you might, you'll, be, you'll find one or less of those and there's thousands of the other. So I don't know what else to tell you, but your integrity matters. Your ability to speak about what, I mean, the opposite of that is cult, groupthink, dangerous cult. So, uh, you know, pay attention to these boundaries. They're important. Joey zoned out on us. He, he I'm not talking about you, and you don't need to be defensive about it. I'm not saying you should quit your job because Joey's not agree, being defensive, man. what I'm saying. He's just presenting a different argument. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. Joey... Quit your job today. <laughs> no, here, no, here is where we lie. Matt is talking about people that are questioning why you know are they at are. a church. And if, you they, know if you're you questioning why you're at, working at a church, then that means it's a job. That's the truth. But it's why, a job. But why can't just that like be a any season? other job? What? Why can't that be a season? Because I experienced that stuff, and I'm glad that I didn't bail. Because no, now but, I feel yes. Like, what? No, but you're you're saying it's a it's a limited amount of time, and now you're past it. Yeah, but if I mean, you're not you still past have massive it, struggles, if you're, if and you're, you're not, just if, you, you're no. Not but the I'm just saying, I'm if there's to. a person that's not past it, that that doesn't they should quit. Like that. That's what I'm saying. I worked at a church, and I knew I should quit, and then I did. Unless like that, that, unless they are wrong. Good gosh, you think that everybody no, 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 who's disgruntled no, 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 about a no, church no, no, is no, right? No, 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 no. Was I wrong? No. Was I wrong to quit working at church? No. Okay. What I'm so saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, who, who are we, you and I, to say that they're wrong or right? All I'm saying is that not everybody who's unha- who is unhappy with their job needs to quit. Good Lord. Not, not no, every no, no, job. But I'm if saying unhappy, this job needs If you're unhappy with your job at a care. church, that does mean it's just a job. Not if that does, oh that does not gosh. mean it's missional. So you or, are you guys are actually putting ministry in its separate category, which a is a very, very dangerous job that almost nobody should have. Yes, which, that's yeah. the category which, I put it in. Yeah. That's same what the Bible with, says. Same, same with a, a crab fisherman in Alaska. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a very dangerous I'm job. I'm just saying I think it's very, very extremely immature on y'all's part to think that people who are unhappy in their ministry job, that means they quit. 
Holy I, cow. We're not talking about unhappy. You're being dishonest about That's that. That's what you guys just happy. said. You're a we're liar. About people. You're a liar. <laughs> no, you've twisted the whole thing from what you started No, you with, twisted yeah, it. True. Have you seen the movie no, Twisted? No, Matt, now I agree with Joey. You twisted it. Yeah, Matt. you're Bill Paxson, no. mother... You said yeah. people that don't know Bill if they Paxson should be died. there, that they have big questions and can't speak up. I will not back down. That person needs to really, really consider what they will be doing in two years because well, it won't be that. Your daughters anymore. need to do the same thing in your household because they're not allowed to speak up or ask questions. Don't either. you talk about his daughters like that. <laughs> I'm not talking about people that are having a hard time in life or right. have some questions. That's not what I'm talking about. But the people I'm talking to know what I'm saying. Right. You know who you are. If That's you're all going I, if to I'm not describing you people's forget it. tithes for your payment of work, that's a, something you need to really consider. Way too many go, people go into that because it's simple, it's smooth, it's easy, it's it makes fun, you feel good. The people you work with it, are awesome. It's, it's just not, I just don't recommend it. I mean, you have to really, really want to be there to do that job. I, right. Everybody else should not do it because it's fun, easy, good paycheck, because you're, you think it'll help your personal faith and development. These are all the reasons people are in ministry, and it's a disaster. Yeah, I just... It's a disaster. I, I just, Amen. I think that... In a, Amen. In a prior episode, I think it was a prior episode, when Matt said something about why can't we ask the question of all churches need to go, I think that definitely needs to be on the table. I I definitely Amen. am not there. I think there's a lot of good coming well, out of a lot of that's churches. Not on, that's not hap- that's happened in the future, that episode, by the way. Oh, gosh. Well, I just... I just brought I it to the present. Hey, well, let, hey, before we move on, we want Joey. To... You don't even believe in God anymore. <laughs> don't, dadgummit, don't say that shit on. But the But you got to give it an, uh, another decade to make sure you don't come back before you quit the job. Gosh, guys, <laughs> y'all just screwed me big time. <laughs> I'm just trying to clean up your bad advice. No, I'm saying the person that obviously you talked to was probably you know being a little neurotic, and maybe they d- disagree with some of the policies. Okay, that's you keep your job. I mean, no if, if 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 there if is no God, if keep if, working there. If, if there is a God, maybe stop. Yeah, no, that that's a really good point actually. But uh, what I'm saying is, if everybody you, who Joey. disagrees a little bit with the church, or I'm not talking about people disagreeing a little bit. Okay, disagrees that's a lot. What, what if everybody who disagrees a lot in the church system bails on it? Is the church system ever going to change? Who said bail on it. It's your that's a job we're talking about. We're talking about a career. Sure, we're talking about how you you, make you are able to invest way more time and energy into something that's your career rather than a hobby. Mm. So I'm just saying, no, it need, is not... You need to, it is not, not to be your career. You, you need it to not be your career. Your audio sucks, by the way. I can't even hear what you're saying. So let me just go into the BC Club. The BC Club. Well, this is the intro. <laughs> what, you, you've lost, No, that's fine. No, I know Wait. what we are. I know what we're doing. Are we doing... This is, <laughs> this is the intro into the panel, I right? know. I thought we would just do a little pizzazz no, no, you have a... There's something wrong with you. <laughs> you need to go to the doctor. All right, well, I'll let you off the hook for your previous dishonesty and defensiveness. Uh, uh, well, last yeah, question. Yeah. Why do people, <laughs> why do you think that musicians and uh, people who like theology and all stuff get into ministry? Because it's what they like, and they want to guilt do that a for reason. a vocation, right? I mean, why? And so... Why I'm in ministry right now is for completely. No, we're not talking about Joyce Spencer. I've already reasons. clarified that you are an actual pastor, and I think there are other pastors for sure. But we're talking about I, all the other hundreds of people that we right, meet with I, this I would problem. Say all a the lot time. of people get into ministry because it's a something they're into, they like, it's a fascination or an interest or whatever it might be, and so then they get into the church system and then feel like 
some of their beliefs or thoughts or things they want, the way they want to live is compromised. Yeah. And so that is real. That is true. And the reason I know that is because that's me. I felt that way. I worked well, at two mega churches. I worked at two, I worked at two mega churches, which I think overwhelmingly both did good things, but and I were felt corrosive to your faith, right? I felt compromised and, and kept questioning why am I staying here? Is it for the money or is it for God? And so I asked myself those questions, and that's why I left. Now, Joey Svenson, 100%, I'm telling you, I believe 100% you're a pastor and called to be in the situation and job that you're in. I really do believe that. That's not what you so said that's fair. even 25 minutes ago. It just shows how fickle you are. But that's that's no, neither that's here. Not true. As Matt you're says, that's neither here you're nor there. You're a liar. There. You're a pastor and a liar. <laughs> so I'm a great pastor. All right, let's bring on our panel. Can we bring on the panel from the BC Con? Yes, and this is yes, awesome. This is Super excited the, this about it. Matt Carter is speaking right now, but I'm trying to speak over him. So see, we did this BC Con. No, I'm just kidding, Matt. Seaweed. Matt, you're better at this than me. Go for it. No, this is one of the better, uh, one of the best, I guess, panels from the conference. Mm. It's uh, who's on it, Candice. Yep, Candice, yep. Melanie, oh. and Jen Smith. And I want to say that's brilliant, it. folks. Mm-hmm. Yep, they were all at Mars Hill. Uh, Jen Smith, all the way back since like '96. She's been on Joey's podcast before. We thought it'd be good to just give them a stage and talk about what it feels like to be a woman uh, in a church like that. Now, it's not just church like that. Because that's a very special church, has a very special history, and it's crazy. But there's things about that church that every church is like. And so that was what was so powerful about it, is they were telling a specific story uh, uh, of their experience that it seems like, oh, are we going to get a bunch of dirt on this Marcel church? No, that's not neither here nor there. That's not the point. The point is everybody hearing these ladies talk from stage was thinking, I've felt that. I've seen that too. Maybe not as yeah. bad, maybe whatever. It's so crazy, and I sat in the back and listened to this thing, and that was like, I thought it was kind of difficult to listen to because I was complicit in a lot of what yeah. they were describing being there, and I didn't even, the panel didn't even go the way I wanted it to or thought it was going to go, but I was just like, it was one of those times, I feel stupid saying this, but it was one of those times where I was like, oh, shit, I I got to be listening here, like, right. I have to listen right now, right. like, it didn't go. It, it just that that's just. I had this profound sense of, and I hate using that word because it sounds like the, you know, it sounds like the a lot of the people that I don't like when they overdo the listening thing, like it's a buzzword or something. But no, I, I just needed to listen. I need to hear that. I need to listen to it more times to feel yeah. the feel what they were feeling. That was what was so cool about it to me. I was like, oh, they're expressing the way they felt, and I can't. I can. I can just barely imagine. What that could could feel like is, and it, I just thought that was kind of profound, and I think that's the experience a lot of people had with it. Anyway, this was a good panel and one we wanted to share. We've got more conference stuff. We've got like I don't know. We probably got twenty hours of stuff, and we're not going to just continue to roll it all out one after the other. So we'll chill with some of the stuff. But this particular one we wanted to share with you guys and let everybody hear it. Conference was great. It was successful. So. uh yeah, we'll take a second here, and then we'll uh, we'll cut live to the Women of Mars Hill panel at BCCon 2018. All right, pardon the interruption here, guys, but I'm going to, you know, take a break here and tell you guys about a band that you may already know, that I already know, and many of our listeners do, but it's Silent Planet. It's one of the best tooth-and-nail solid-state bands in a long time. They're terrific. Uh, so we're going to listen to a little bit of one of their songs called Panic Room.
So again, you're listening to Panic Room by Silent Planet. These guys won 2017's APMA Award winners for the best underground band, and they're back on the road again in 2018. So they'll be doing a full North American tour as direct support to The Contortionist throughout March and April. So wherever you are, look look that tour up, Contortionist and Silent Planet. It'll be a good one. You check online to see if they're coming to your town. The band is also... You'll be happy to know this in the studio working on a new album as we speak. So you can look forward to that later in 2018. And if you've never listened to Silent Planet, go follow them on Spotify or wherever you stream music and they will not disappoint. And while you're at it, pick up their music on vinyl at solidstate.merchnow.com. Um, okay, so. This is a panel that I've been looking very much forward to. It's one of the first ones we announced on the website. And I think it's been a little bit like nebulous. Like, what does it mean? What is this conference about? What is the women of Mars Hill? Uh, And I know there's been a lot of Mars Hill talk throughout this conference. So if I could just say really quickly why that is. It's not because this is the most important place or amount of people or something like that. But there's something about the Mars Hill experiment uh, an explosion to me, in my view, that is, uh, it, it felt like to me, it was a, like a pre-shock, like a pre-tremor to a big earthquake culturally. A lot of the things that, that we saw that happened there for the people that were there have played out in larger culture and, and in politics and in the country. And there's so many of the tactics that have been used by sides um, now that we all saw when it was happening. And Marcel had the biggest collection of talented people that I've ever seen in my life, uh, both women and men, and you hardly heard much from the women, and they were some of the people that were hurt the most in that, and they were hurt by people like me, people like me and, you know, maybe Toby, maybe Seth, uh, you know, people like that, people that were there and complicit in some stuff we didn't see and now do see. And so I don't think it's, the point of this stuff is not the narrative, it's not about the, the, the church itself, I think the things that are prevalent and have been prevalent at Mars Hill exist everywhere, and I think it's very important to put language and flesh on those because you'll just recognize that this is the kind of stuff that goes on everywhere, but maybe not as intensely, but I think you're going to continue to see uh, things unfold that stuff like this is going to inform. So if anything, I think that could just give some context and language so that the stuff that you see and experience you can start to recognize is also present in your institutions and organizations and churches that you love. And maybe you can get to them and understand them and identify them earlier than we did. So that's the idea behind this. I'm going to turn it over to Candice, yeah. who, who was there for a long, I'll let you tell who you are and whatever. That's it. Y'all have fun. Thank you. Thank you. talk about sex just kidding we're not well we might we we don't know okay so i'm candace from free sex joining me is jen smith smid smid um and melanie studley yes okay so ladies i just want to start off by saying when when i found out we were doing this i got like really emotional about it and i'm just i feel really honored to be able to do this with you both of you the feeling is mutual. Yeah. So, okay, let's start off with this. And I'm going to try to start on a positive note. What is the most beautiful thing that has come out of the crumbling of that one church? 
relationships. The fact that um, over the course of 18 years, which was really the very inception of the church to its implosion minus three months, Phil and I were there. So one of the last days that we were there, God kind of allowed this movie literally to play in front of my eyes. And I just wept for an hour at face after face after face that we got to be in relationship with, that we experienced heartache and joy and thrill and agony. And um, if I thought about it for too long, the tears would come again because the loss of that was so heartbreaking. And I don't know how many of you live in Seattle. How many of you went to Mars Hill? Not a lot. Okay. So, so then I can say to you, pray for Seattle because there are the spiritual zombies, my husband likes to say. The, the marriage is decimated. There is still so much lingering pain. But when I can get in a room with somebody who went there or somebody over the years that I got to know, God, we had a really great gift of developing really intense, deep relationships. And for that, I will always, always be grateful. Yeah, I would say the same thing, the community and like um, just the, the depth of relationships that we had built uh, and we had our kids, you know, when we were attending Marsil, we were there for 10 years or something. And so our children grew up with the other families around us, which uh, really did make the falling apart of that church totally devastating just to, it was our community. It was like our life, you know, and, and do, not in a weird way. Do you way, still but. have that community? Like, no. is it, it, it's totally gone now? No, we don't. There's no, they, they all, it's like they just disperse to every other place because you go, well, I don't know. Do I go to that church? I don't know because that person, you know. So then you're you're picking and choosing of people you love. And not only people we love, people our children love. And you go, well, sorry, Mariner, we don't go there because it's what? What what excuse do you have? And it's, it's, yeah, it's it's very hard to lose that community. I do want to say that while the relationships that we made were such a highlight and such a beautiful thing about it, to be honest, it was utterly unsustainable. Like one person, one pastor, one family can't possibly, we have this false sense of you have to, you have to know and, and be in everybody's lives. And that's just not possible. So I, I, I probably will have all sorts of cautions, cautionary tales or urges to you guys out of today, out of my story. And that would be one of them. Like, I love that I got to know thousands of people, but I have a handful now of just a couple of friends. We don't really have community anymore. And so, like, be aware. Like, how many people can you actually humanly possibly be in relationship with? It's, it's maybe less than, than you think. And being very purposeful and intentional in, in a few relationships is far better than spreading yourself so thin that when something disappears, you have nothing. Do you feel like, though, that that has something to do with the fact that you're a pastor's wife? Like, did you, oh, yeah. You had I, that. I, 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 sadly and embarrassingly, and, you know, and there's part of me that loves a crowd. And so, um, yeah, there, there was, also, there was an, a level of um, privilege that came with being a leader um, that was 
it, it, it was pretty grotesque, honestly, at, at, at some level. We got, um, you know, salaries were across the board. That's a whole different topic. But we really got some perks and privileges that, um, that really, it just shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been. And I do have a specific question for you, Jen. They don't know that I'm going to ask her these, which makes it even more juicy. <laughs> um, so, Jen, as a pastor's wife, and I don't, were, was Seth a deacon there? No. No, okay. So I got married. He was nothing then, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no. What are you doing up here? <laughs> I was on the worship team. Were you, were you a deacon? No, hell no. no. Uh, <laughs> did you want to be one? No. Okay. But so, you wanted to lead more. Wait a minute. I'm interrupting your question to do it. You wanted, I mean, we talked about this yesterday. You wanted and tried to, to lead and use your skill and gifting and weren't able to. Yeah, it, it was really weird. Like we, we were at Marcel, like I said, for a long time. And, uh, but when, we, when I in the worship team started kind of getting, people wanted us to be there all the time and wanted us to play every Sunday and people really liked what we were doing, blah, blah, blah. It was like right at the time when the shift started happening where it started to become unhealthy. And it was like, I would be like, hey, you know, I'm totally willing to do these things and do the worship team and I'll talk on stage and we'll do the blah, blah, blah. And it would be like, oh, well, um, the bassist is a guy. He can read the verse. I have no joke. And I'm like, "Uh, that's not what I was talking about. Right. And that's how it felt all the time. It was like I would be like, I'm telling you what I want to do. And they'd be like kind of, well, where's the guy who wants to do that? And so then, like, use me. Hello, I have gifts. Like, I want yeah. to serve. I want to be there. Use me. Yeah. And then what ended up happening is because I have a husband who's a drummer. They're like, okay, well, you as a man are going to, you're going to lead this. Your wife can sing, but you need to lead it. So we like put him in this total weird, like double bind, or he doesn't want to be trying to lead. He doesn't want me to be unhappy, but I am. Right. And so it was this weird thing where I was like, clearly I had a gift in a very specific way and would love to have been sharing it, but the damn vagina, you know, it's like, <laughs> what, what can you do? Vaginas. <laughs> so Jen, back to you real yes, quick. Yes. As a, um, as an elder spouse, I have to be honest and say that as a deacon's wife, I was looking up to the pastor's wives. I mean, that's normal, right? In churches where we kind of look up to the people who are, who are in leadership. Um, how do you feel about that? And is there anything that you would do differently now if you were the yeah. pastor's wife? Well, again, the mixed motives of the heart are that part of me thought that was really great and 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 cool that um people knew us that we were somebody at mars hill and i have to the poor guy he my my dear husband who's sitting in the back who was couldn't have raise your hand phil raise your hand could not have been really more different than kind of whatever the stereotype mars hill man was really driven really outspoken i'm i'm I'm, I was more, way more of a Marcel man yeah. than he ever was, which is <laughs> weird. Me too. We all were. I know. Yeah, totally, we really totally. were. Um, so it was both heady and kind of intoxicating and, um, and, and not good. And um, I, I won't over-own the fact that I, 
Let me say that Phil and I tried hard to fight against that. We taught a pre-marriage class and there would be a room full of people, this many couples wanting to get married in a quarter at Mars Hill. Like how do you how do you possibly love that many people and get to know them? And we ate more brownie sundays in our home multiple weeknights inviting these couples in. And you, you could honestly see it. There was this weird, almost like, oh, hi, so nice to meet you. This like yeah, yeah. pedestal yes. starry. And like, yeah. it's just, just come in. Like I just whipped up a, a box of pre-made brownies. Like it's, and so that was, we fought hard against trying to set up our marriage as the standard. We tried hard to have people into our home, and it was exhausting. I haven't eaten a brownie in four years, but we we really did. I, and I, I would say very much to Phil's credit, as a as a true shepherd, we worked hard to get to know people. Because in an Omega Church situation, if you want to get caught up in the thrill of being a leader, man, you can distance yourself from people so quick. And we fought hard against that. So all of those kind of mixed feelings and motives were in there. But I, I, I knew that existed, and I didn't, I didn't like it. And I did. Good answer, Jen. <laughs> and I mean, if it, just to say, and we're getting personal, but I know that you guys served and poured into, right? You like that? Loved on. We loved, loved on you a really, lot of people. You did. You loved on. You did love on a lot of people, and you did help a lot of people, even in the midst of whatever was going on around. And that's the part that we miss. So, how much of who you guys were at Mars Hill was you? I feel like I already know this answer, but let's just dive into this a little bit more. We're joking about the fact that we're all more like Mars Hill men than our husbands are, but how much of how did you fake it? Like what, or did you not fake it? I feel like I had to fake it a lot. Um, especially because the uh, Marcel that we attended was where Pastor Mark eventually ended up teaching all the time in the end, and it was Bellevue, and it was like super fancy rich people, and I'm not super fancy or rich. Microsoft. Yeah. I'm pretty fancy. <laughs> I'm just not rich. But uh, there was an element of like, there was a social aspect that felt very weird, there was this hierarchy of like men in suits, and as a woman, you don't speak to them. You certainly don't like interrupt their conversation, and that's just not my style. And uh, I feel like it became more apparent as I started singing with Dustin Kinsrew, and I would be like, "Hey, I have a whole band. Like, just let me lead worship. I see you do it all the time. That's exhausting. I'm right here, right?" And it would be this weird thing where it would be like they're trying to make you just stop talking about it without saying anything overtly mean. But then at the same time, it's like as a woman at Mars Hill, I felt like, okay, I kind of have to fit into some mold, but I'm here, pay freaking attention to me, and no one is. And so you're like, well, whatever, what do I do? What do, what do I do? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to shut up or talk or sing or don't sing or lead or don't lead? Did you ever get reprimanded for it? No, because I just, I knew who I could talk to and I couldn't talk to. I mean, I just, I don't know. Played the role. Yeah, I knew how, and I. And, but I, I, it was causing tension in my marriage, mm. and so it was like, oh, I can't even imagine if I had been reprimanded for it. Well, I'll tell you, I got reprimanded. 
one time. Fuck. And it was messy. I had to go to counseling. I had to, my husband almost got fired. Oh. <laughs> and then I freaking, like, started really playing the role. I stopped asking questions. Oh. I stopped making any ruckus. I stopped complaining. Because I didn't want my husband to get fired. Yeah. Right? And I went to counseling and dealt with it. But the good thing is the counselor was like, you're here for you. And she did help me a lot, work through some stuff. But, and it kind of plays back into that whole, like, I married up thing. Like, I married into privilege. Like, don't fuck it up. You know, and my, my grand, not my grandpa, my father-in-law was also a pastor at the church. Like, I could have really oh. messed it up. So, all that to say. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, the thing that I think I saw happening, and I know it's so hard because our stories are so different in it, but like the thing that I felt like happened over and over again, and this totally um, speaks into the marginalized conversation as well, but it's like when you have a pastor and leaders, they're all men, and here you are, you're a woman, and I, I try not to look like overly sexy. I don't think that, I feel like there's some, I have some sort of ownership and like, I need to look okay. So no one thinks I'm doing something weird. So there's that. Women get that all the time. Oh, yeah, we all have yeah like rape culture. Like, why did you paint your nails? If you want to touch my dick, right? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> like, you know, like, and so there's this weird ownership level where you're trying to like, am I doing the right thing? But then at the same time, you have a whole culture who's like, when you walk into a room, to me, all it felt like was woman, 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 woman. No, she can't talk. Woman, remember? Woman. She's a woman. And you're like, I can't even say anything without people f- making me feel like you're different, you're different, you're different, you're different. It's the same thing with race. Like, you're black, you're black, you're black, you're black, you're black, you're black. Oh, say what you want to say. You're black, you're black, you're black. That's how it felt all the time at Marcel. No matter what it was, it was like, if I'm standing next to the book section, should I be the one like helping people find the book they need because I'm a lady? But if I stand over near the band, should I, I can only sing backup because I'm a woman. And it's like, what? It, it, like, how can you expect the beauty of who each individual person is, male or female, to be expressed when you're so busy pointing out how they're different all the time, right? And, I mean, part of that falls into the complementarian right? Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's why it was so black and white? Women, submit to your husband. You should be quiet. You should be cute, whatever. Well, um, I mean, it's, it's ludicrous to say that Marcel is a complementarian yeah. church. Tell it me was, why. Tell it me was why. preached... It was preached from the pulpit, uh-huh. but, it was, but it was hierarchical all, all the yeah. way. It, it, just, it just was. And, you know, uh, let alone... You certainly can't utter the E word, you know, of egalitarian, because that just... It just... So that was very frustrating and very hypocritical. It was... It was a hierarchy, both in, a, in the male-female uh, context, in the leadership context. Um, and I actually had this... This is so weird. I don't think I've ever said this out loud, but here it goes. <laughs> I, I had this vision one time of just thinking about Mars Hill, and I, I pictured the giant little Bo Peep with a, bunch of, with a bunch of sheep, you know, gathered under her, the, the shepherd, if you will. And, and if you, like, 
you were protected if you as long as you were like under the skirt of leadership oh. or you were in the fold you were in the shadows of being a male being in leadership but that circle of protection of the skirt kept shrinking and shrinking so you had to climb do more climb you know oh. climb faster because if you didn't and weren't recognized in the kind of shadow of favor you you were nothing and it just towards the end I was so sickened by the feeling of this is the fat feeding the fat Mm. like we're not you know we're not I don't know what we're doing but it doesn't really recognize it's not recognizable with what I understood the gospel to be it did it felt wrong it really did feel wrong and I think as a like we've all been saying, we couldn't say anything. Right. You well, know, it would be like if there was um, a ton of babies. Like yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It'd be like if there's a bunch of babies, like newborn babies, and they were like, okay, all you men, go ahead and take care of them for the next one year. Like, do you have, are you going to be able to nurse them? You don't have any formula. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can't do that. You just, your body isn't meant to do that. Women bring a diversity that men, it needs to be complementarian, Right. Is that the right way to say it? Complimentary. Um, and so the, the thing that I kept seeing at Mars Hill, like no joke, the last Sunday or the last Easter service we played, Mark was there and they were all backstage and it was like a movie where the president comes in and there's going to be a war. Every man in a suit, they're like huddling in the quiet and nobody talked to him. Don't talk to him. Get a sandwich. Get the car. And it was like, what planet am I on? And you, we, we knew it was wrong. And we couldn't say anything. We didn't have a voice to be like, you're messing this up, you know? And, and then when we did say something, the repercussions were terrible. And not just for us, for our husbands and our communities. And so, I don't know. To me, that, that felt like this conference is like where we're all coming and saying, we feel something is wrong. Let's talk about it. And so, I don't know. That, that's the sense that I kept getting. Do you, do you guys... So when we did identify as complementarian, mm-hmm. how, how, how has that shifted now that you're out of church, that church? I, I think I feel as sad and sorry for the men as I do and did for the women in that context because there were so many men, and honestly to this day, um, daily I hear about marriages and really most vulnerable younger couples that met at Mars Hill um, and were really kind of entrenched in this culture for quite a while, really, uh, you know, had some hard times. And again, I'm not tooting our own horn, but Phil and I tried hard to be vulnerable and real and kind of fight against this, this standard of what a biblical marriage should look like. Biblical oneness was taught at Mars Hill, with, honestly, in a really, um, what, what any psychologist or therapist would call really, really messed up um, enmeshment mm-hmm. or codependence. Yeah. You know, when you're, the men are regularly shamed and told from the pulpit, you are responsible for the spiritual culture of your home for everybody. So then as a wife, I'm sitting there, instead of me thinking about my relationship with God, I'm thinking, what the fuck are you doing, Phil? Like, come on, this is, this is your job. Like, fix my, 
fix my heart before God. Like, it was so, you know, it was, it, it just was wrong. It wasn't, it, it didn't feel complementarian, and it wasn't played out as complementarian. And I'm sitting here plagued with the fact this has to be an audience full of people going, why in the world, 18 years? Why were you, why were you there for so long? And yeah, I know. That's the thing that I think is so weird is like, but again, it goes right back to community. Why were you there for so long? Because yeah. everyone you loved was there. Yeah. So you would, you would just like take the shit because you're like, well, I mean, where do we go? We just leave it, you know? Okay, we want to open it up for Q&A. Let's do it. Make it good. Yeah. Lady, lady. Nothing's off limits, guys. Candace, pick her right there. Oh. Oh, yeah, right, she's right. McDonald. No. Uh, well. Okay. Um, Stand up. What's okay. your name? My name's Daryl. Okay. I got a man's name. How about that? <laughs> um, so, I'm fairly new to showing my independence and being a strong Christian woman, um, I was always that person that, you know, wanted to be a leader, wanted to feel like a leader, wanted to do ministry, but felt like I was stifled. And I'm in management. I'm a leader of employees, and so I feel natural in it. But I still am struggling with how do I find community that's real and not fake? How do I get out of the Beth Moores and the Joyce Myers of the Christian world. So I was wondering if you guys had any advice or resources for that. Joyce Myers. I love Joyce Myers. <laughs> I really do. Do you really? So much. And I think I love Beth more because she's woke. No. Have you noticed? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. How does she? Jen, do you want to answer that? <laughs> um, sure. I... Uh, my two-word answer is Brene Brown. Oh, oh hey! Yay! Hey. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm reading a book right now that's not written by a Christian called um, Playing Big by Tara Moore um, for women who want to lead and create and, and speak, you know? And even, even the process of me coming here and Matt asking me, I'm like, I don't... What am I going to say to a room full of people way younger than me, lots of, you know, I, I just, I guess my word to you is just keep walking in that. Like, it's like, I have had this visual of like, stand on your own two feet. And when people press against you, the structure of who you are remains. Like you don't, when you get pressed against, it's not as though, the world's handprints need to diminish you by that. I mean, and I, I'm not a f like flaming feminist. I don't know. I'm just a human that really has some gifts and talents. And my to every woman in this room and to every man in this room, I would say, be who you are and stand and and shake off some of the really sick and unhealthy. Um, roles and evangelical um, ideation that has that that isn't it's not healthy it isn't biblical but it that word is sure thrown on a lot I could obviously ramble and ramble so I'm, well I'm my done. question what's your name again Daryl um, my question for you though is do you want to be a leader at a church is that like or in, and by community, are you looking for a church community or just a community in general? Um, just a community in general. Um, I'm not 
you know, I come to a Methodist church, and Methodists, of course, can have uh, women leaders, women pastors, women lay people. Um, I, Damn. I did, I did, a, I was a lay person who leads the service. I was, I've already done that. So you're rocking it. You're badass. Just stay on the course. You don't need us to tell you what to do. You're yeah. doing it. He's doing it, girl. Yeah. Hey, this is Joey. Can I not ask questions? Can I be a part of the conversation? No, but um, I, was, I was enamored by Marcel and Mark Driscoll from afar. Priscilla and I went to the church, I think, for five months, but we continued to listen to the sermons. And so this isn't a question projected uh, to you guys, like, how could y'all do this? We're not guys. We, yeah. Uh, well, guys is kind of universal. Isn't that universal? Kind of? No, hell no. Okay. Well, I'm married a Midwesterner. She uses it universally. But basically, uh, we did the same thing when we would hear stuff like this. We're just like, well, I mean, he's just so gifted or whatever. But like, I remember a specific comment he referred to his wife, Grace, like her job was, well, she sleeps with the pastor. That's a very important role. As three women, like, did you, were you guys so entrenched in that culture to where you're like, yeah, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Or were y'all disgusted and then you were just, and then you just moved on. You know what I'm saying? Like, was that just, did that blow your minds? And if so, how did you guys keep moving on? I, I didn't see it. As much, sorry, I'm, I'm busting right in here because I have so much to say about, it, about this. Um, there really was, you. when was the word rape culture used? Did you say that earlier? There, um, I didn't see, I didn't see, and honestly, I just don't think God opened my eyes to it and I was too immature or whatever. I didn't see what was going on um, at the time, but the the level of, power and misuse of authority and honestly within marriages almost a rape culture that was that was encouraged or pushed like it, it I, I just think talking about the amount of times you must have sex from this stage is just yeah. sick and yeah. wrong it's gonna have and to teach, be a whole nother panel teach <laughs> yeah teaching about I don't know just so much I by the grace of God, had a husband. I mean, the course of the time we were at Marcella, I had like 12 down there surgeries. Like I was on the shelf more than I was off. And I had a husband who was so gracious and kind. But if he had really grown up in and only been indoctrinated by the things that he'd heard um, being preached about sex, or about, we'd have been, we'd have never made it. So... I forgot your question, Joey, but <laughs> I, um, I was not infuriated and um, as, had the eyes to see it nearly as much in the middle of it as I do now, um, and I also was personal friends with them, so that made it very complicated, um, but hindsight certainly gives you a lot of clarity, and it makes me very sensitive to... Um, these topics now, very cautious to others about this type of thing. I think when we were in church services and stuff like that would happen, I think I knew that a lot of it, I felt like it was bullshit. I was like, I'm not listening to that. I don't care what he says. I'm not worried about it either, right? I'm like, mm, whatever, we're going to do what we're going to do. So I was silently flipping him a bird with my eyes. That was mostly how I handled it. And interesting. 
I, I mean, I saw all of that happen, and I think I was just so young that I just drank the Kool-Aid. And then it messed with my marriage, right? Because when he tell, when they say, if you're not having sex every week or this, whatever, I'm just like, well, then what's wrong with us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You just start comparing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People were kept in check by shame um, and also by just immaturity and also by, I think, a good godly desire to be told how to do life mm-hmm. when you haven't had maybe a good home life or a good parent example we, including Phil and I, thrived at times on our marriage growing because someone was kind of telling us what it could look like and should look like. But we also were mature and, I don't know, smart enough maybe, at times to cast off the things that we knew didn't work for us. But I, again, see that devastation in in younger people. Wait, you had a question. Can can she ask her question? We got Just time for she has a couple really cool more. Who? Right there. Okay, first of all, Melanie, your shoes are like fabulous. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, so, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and you can obviously see all of the red, the red flags and the abuse now. But when you were in the midst of it, did you ever feel like, oh, this is just a problem with me? I'm dealing with a rebellious spirit. I need to check myself. I need to check my ego. And if you did feel that way, at what point did you start to realize that, like, no, this is not me. This is a bigger problem. Yeah, I started asking myself and or Phil if I was crazy at probably 2007 when the first group of pastors got fired and leader power was being, um, you know, it was not distributed anymore. It was being brought in closer and closer and closer. So um, a good friend of mine who wanted to be here and couldn't, Trisha Wilkerson, her husband wrote the redemption book, Mike mm-hmm. Wilkerson. Um, she coined a great phrase that said, we lived off of crumbs. Mm-hmm. We would see things that were disturbing and terrible. And then we would, God, but, but God was doing great things. And, and we were involved in people's lives and there were, things were going well. And then something else would 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 happen and so and and honestly yeah we were just trying to shepherd the people in our lives and at some point the organization at some point Mars Hill Church and Mars Hill the business split and even though we tried to kind of ignore what was going on on an organizational level there came a point where we just couldn't but but yeah it was many years of cognitive dissonance um and those were those were hard years Mm -hmm. I think when I look back at that time um I didn't grow up Christian and I have uh my mom's pretty badass but like at being a mom she just is good at it and uh I remember just it it never made me question myself I was like they're doing this wrong like and I and I didn't I don't know I I I'm glad that I didn't take that pressure onto myself. Like when we talk about the sex sermons that they did, they literally were like, you should be having sex this many times a week. And if you're not, you're sinning. You will pray about it. It's like, what the hell do you do if you just had a kid? Right, raise your hand. Hold on, raise your hand if you've heard the words cunnilingus or fellatio from a a pulpit, from a preacher before in the middle of a sermon. I have. All right, (laughs) wow, there's three of four of you. Was it, yeah. 
I, I mean, Wait, but what's wrong with that? Because if the church isn't going to talk about okay. it. Okay, context, yeah. that's a great point. Touche. Yeah. But they, I mean, for me, I had, had I followed that prescription, I would have been like, yeah, I'm really a terrible, terrible wife. But I'm so awesome, I knew that they were just shitty people. <laughs> I think the, the difference is someone, and someone out there said it, it was prescriptive and not, um, it was, it was obli- overly descriptive too. And which... it was penis focused. It was all like what you can do for your husband. Ladies have business too. What? They do. Next question. All right, here it is. So the impression I get from afar is that what happened at Mars Hill and the way that it was oppressing women is the extreme version of what goes on at churches everywhere, but it doesn't go that far. Mm -hmm. It's just this big of a problem instead of this big. But we've seen it explode over there and then a pendulum swing to where, okay, everybody's figuring out how to get healthy now. How do you figure out how to get healthy from where you are before it gets that bad while it's still just at the normal level? That, to me, the first thing that pops into my mind is, like, weeding the garden. That sounds like such a dumb analogy, but, like, we've had a garden. It's freaking hard work, and the only way you keep it from getting, like, unbelievably hard to manage is you pluck the little stupid idiot weeds when they're tiny, and that could be educating yourself, stopping your friend from saying some stupid sexist thing, stopping the pastor next to you or the deacon next to you and just being like, no, don't let, let her do that thing she wants to do, right? Like being an ally to everyone equally. You know what I, does that answer the question? Okay. All right, we could do, we actually have a little bit of extra time. So there's a question, he's got a question right there. All right, uh, pass the mic. Who, who? While the mic's being passed, Derek Miner answered that question yesterday perfectly when he said, if there is a group of people that you are representing and the leaders are not representative of the group that you're representing, maybe something's wrong. Yeah, that's perfect. So in this realm of misogyny, um, did you guys always feel like a burden? And so, so that's, I guess, one question that would probably be answered as yes. But were there ever men that weren't your husbands if they were trying to help you and be like, oh my gosh, like this is what's happening. I'm so sorry. Did you always feel like a burden? Were there people that said that? Yes, there were. There were in my life. One of them happened to be my husband, but not only with me at all. Phil and I had the privilege of teaching men and women on stage Phil worked hard and bucked the system and invited women to teach uh, redemption nights and encouraged women in their giftings. I know Mike Wilkerson did too. There were, there were pockets of men who yeah. did that. But it was also then very much questioned. You know, I don't know how many elders meetings Phil was questioned, like, wait, wait, really? What's Jen doing on stage? You know, so... Um, so yes and no. There were there were pockets of, but the overall sense was, um, women, we really need to use you in the nursery because there's too many babies to be watched. But women, you you cannot lead worship. You cannot be a part of things that. Um, but there was that too. I don't know if you guys felt that at all. But this, there was a place where we needed to almost exploit and use women. But it usually had to do with. 
you know, children's ministry or making coffee. Yeah, I was just going to say that, yeah. But I want to just comment on that word, burden. Like, what a sad thing. That, and, I, and I don't want to be like weird to the men in the room, but can you imagine like your daughter or your girlfriend or your wife being considered a burden? And what is that? That's shitty. Like, you know, I don't know. I just thought that that was beautiful, a beautiful word that you used there. Sure. Yeah, Hi. Hello, everyone. Um, maybe this is a bit of a left turn, but were there any women, obviously you don't have to name names, that were and or are still on the Team Mars Hillside that were kind of like, we're women, but we don't see anything wrong here? I, I can't think of any. Okay, yes, there are. And, you know, it comes down to Brene, one of my favorite fans, who asks this great question, and we all have to ask it of ourselves. What story are you telling yourself? And I would, I have to say, and some of those people that I know well, some of them are, I mean, Phil and I know for a fact what's, some of the climate of what's happening in Arizona and around Driscoll's new church and we all have to, at some point, decide what story we're going to buy into and what narrative we're going to tell ourselves. And yes, there are some women and, and certainly men that have a story that they believe and a narrative that they've bought into that I believe has truly blinded them from the ability to show and offer grace and to have the beautiful reconciliation and restoration that I think God would want for his kids. I agree, Matt, with your assessment that you said beforehand, and I I was sitting there the whole time also thinking, how did people like Matt Carter and all these other (laughs) folks... I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. (laughs) There's so many people that I... Mainly Matt Carter. (laughs) ...that I respect that bought into that, including yours truly. I mean, I was I was supporting Mars Hill from afar, listening to all the teachings, and just I cannot believe how much stuff was just overlooked because of the, I guess, the power of personality and a, a church culture. I don't know. It's, yeah, well, the, it's, it's a big problem because what I'm saying is it's not that particular. It's not, oh, the bad church, but our church is good. It's not good churches and bad churches, not good people and bad people. These are prevalent, recurring to different degrees, uh, this is just the way. This is the way things go. This is a natural outcome in American Christianity yep. churches. It's in every church. Some yep. of this, to some degree, is in every church, and that's why it's worth paying attention to and recognizing. And if for no other reason than you have all this ability and talent that you're not even utilizing, and it's not even if you want your church to be better, you're you're not you're missing a lot if you're you know aren't dealing with this stuff right. I mean, I, I, everybody can, is fine to have their own views of women and sexuality and church roles and whatever, how, whatever, who can hold up. I don't know. People have their own opinions, but I'm telling you, we're all missing a lot uh, all around us of people, special things. We're not understanding what other people are doing because we just want to believe everything's good the way it is. That's something we, we had to, got to pay attention to. Yep. That's totally true. Like all we care about is how big, Kim Kardashian's ass is. That's all we care about. That's it. Amen. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, guys, thank you for joining the BC Club. I want to give some shout-outs to these folks who I just thanked, and that's Andrew Pug. Andrew Pug! (laughs) All right, so let me just go ahead and do it. Let me do a disclaimer. 
Okay. We can't help what people put down as their names. That's out okay. of our control. And so when it's I get names sent, I have to say the names Amen. as is. So you got and, to tell the truth. Andrew Pug and the next person on my Andrew list Pug. is Jesus Christ. <laughs> J.C. Christ. Okay. No, it says Jesus Christ. All right. Thank Jesus you. H. Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Josh and Lindsay Howard. Keenan Howard. Who? Kelly uh, Keenan Kofke. Kelly Kofke. Yep. Kelly Peoples. Ingrid Ill. That's I uh, I H L E. Travis Wolf. Kevin ooh. Thomas. Coy Comer. And mm. Philip Payton. Do I need to say those names again? Because you won't shut your damn mouth. Ingrid. No, you Ill. shut your damn mouth. Shut your damn mouth. You said them. So shut your damn mouth. <laughs> Thank you. Matt, do you want to close us out in prayer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Matt, but do join the BC us? Club. Matt, join these people. Matt, have join you this ever group. prayed in public? <laughs> have I you have ever many, many acknowledged times. Jesus Christ or God in public? Yes or no? I haven't in a little while. I've been uh, a spell no, no, since and, I've and by a little while, a you mean prayer. your entire life. Joey, <laughs> will you acknowledge our Lord and Savior in public? Sure. Uh, I don't think you will. All right. Blessed though, Lord, for these I gifts. No. Just stop. God, we ask you to please add more people to the club (laughs) (laughs) and help me provide for my family. Sincerely, Toby (laughs) Morrell. Sincerely. That's how you wrap a prayer. That's very good. Um, you guys pay attention. We have a uh, documentary film that we're trying to make. A we're doc going to, is what we call it. You can call it a doc, as we do in the biz. Um, Big it's just doc. something we're going to try to do. It's about the Christian music business and what we've seen. We're going to just try and capture a bunch of stories from all the people we know and see how it turns out. It's tentatively called What Would Jesus Sell? And it will be live on Monday, so pay attention for that. It'll be on Kickstarter. You could go right now if you want to to www.js.film, and there may be an email sign up, or you can go to the website. But it will start forwarding on Monday to the Kickstarter page, and we're going to see about making a film. But thank you to the BC Club for basically enabling us to to kick it off and do the trailer that we've already made and do some interviews, and we're going to go try and fund it and see what we can get to shake loose. All right, you guys have a good one. See you later. Peace. Stay away from premarital sex. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.